everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Historic Pinstripes. Again, my name is Brian, and I have been a diehard Yankees fan since I was about seven years old. The goal of the Historic Pinstripes is, as always, to preserve the rich history and tradition of the New York Yankees by discussing the greatest Yankees players and moments in Yankees history. So this week's episode, I'm going to be doing an episode to discuss the Hall of Fame candidacy of Bernie Williams, who is, a, of course, a Yankee legend in his own right. Of course, he's not considered, like, he definitely is a, a legend among Yankee fans, but uh, around the entire baseball league, he's probably not considered, he's definitely not considered like a Willie Mays or, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. or any of those center fielders. Um but, however, he did have a very, very good career. And I think sometimes he kind of gets overlooked. And obviously, for good reason, there was um, a lot of really good center fielders at that time with Ken Griffey Jr., Kirby Puckett, and um, Kenny Lofton. And um, there, there were quite a few. Uh, Jim Edmonds is another one that comes to mind. Um, but today we're going to be discussing the Hall of Fame candidacy for Bernie Williams. Um, so let's just get right into it. Um, and first off, Bernie Williams, he, uh, took him a little while to get going into his career. So that's probably part of the reason why some of his numbers aren't quite, they're not like, he's not like a, a shoe in for the hall of fame, like somebody like Ken Griffey Jr., Kirby Puckett, Cal Ripken Jr. But if you look at his numbers and you compare him to guys like, I don't know, like maybe some, someone like a Bill Mazeroski, um, or somebody who got in the hall of fame, um, a little bit later in their careers and took them some time, but they got in, then you can kind of make a case for Bernie Williams to be in the Hall of Fame because Bill Mazeroski in the Hall of Fame. Ted Simmons is in the Hall of Fame. So anyways, let's just get right into it. Bernie Williams um, started his career, of course, he signed with the Yankees at 16 years old. Um, it took him a little while to get going, but around like 1994, I think it was really... 94 was really kind of, it started, that's where he started to break out, but 95 was his, like, first full breakout season. That's where he had started his success in 1995. Um, including 95 to 2002, he, every single year, he hit, he had at, at least a 305 batting average, which, of course, when you have a batting average of 305 or better every single year for eight straight years, that's that shows that you're one of the best players in the league that's hard to do that you don't see that too often um and and Bernie you know he had a little bit of power of course I think him being a switch hitter and getting to bat left in Yankee Stadium um that probably had to really help him um of course you know any lefty um when they see that right field porch in Yankee Stadium it was only 314 down the line that's going to help a lot but Bernie was not really a power hitter. He's more of a gap-to-gap type hitter. He had 449 doubles in his entire playing career. He played 16 seasons for the New York Yankees. Um, I believe he retired when he was around like 35 or 36. I think he was 36. Maybe a little bit older than that, 37 or something like that. So 2006 was Bernie Williams' last playing season. Uh, Anyways, his wins above replacement, which again, wins above replacement just kind of shows how good the player is compared to just, like, um, a regular replacement player that would replace that player. Like, like just a normal player. Like, like an average player, rather. Um, so, Bernie was obviously a lot better than an average player. Um, he, he had a 49.6 war, um, which is wins above replacement. 2,336 hits in 16 seasons, which is not so bad. 
Um, and again, we're going to get into a little bit more with some other Hall of Famers, but con- compared to other Hall of Famers, 2,336 hits is not as bad as you might think. There are other players who, and, and I think there are even some players in the Hall of Fame that have less than 2,000 hits. Um, of course, some of those players didn't play as long. Um, they didn't even play quite as long as Bernie, even though Bernie did not have as long of a playing career as some other guys who played 20 seasons. Um, but anyways, so Bernie also had 287 home runs, which I guess is a little bit low for a Hall of Famer. But again, like I said, Bernie was not really a power hitter. He was more of a kind of gap-to-gap type hitter, doubles, more of a doubles machine than anything else. Um, he had 1,257 RBIs in his career, which is very good. Um, he had a 381 on-base percentage, a 125 on-base plus slugging adjusted and um, basically that just shows the overall offensive player that the player is and anything over 100 is well uh, much better than an average baseball player so of course um, Bernie Williams ranks right up there with some of the some of the really good baseball players in baseball history um, even great baseball players um, and uh, again as I said 449 doubles in his career which is quite a lot for 16 seasons in the big leagues. He also had a 297 batting average in his career for 16 seasons, um, which is very, very good. He had a, he was a four-time gold glover, a five-time all-star, won one silver slugger in 2002, which is kind of surprising, but in some ways it's not that surprising because he did play center field. Ken Griffey Jr. was in the American League for many years. Uh, Kenny Lofton also in the American League. Um, so there were some very good center fielders in the 90s. Um, and obviously, I mean, he it just kind of shows that he wasn't on the level of a Ken Griffey Jr. That's, that's for sure. I mean, Ken Griffey Jr. Is, is, there's Ken Griffey Jr. And then there's like guys like Bernie Williams and stuff like that. Um, so um, getting more into it, uh, he was top 10 in, MV, in the MVP award once in his career. Uh, it was actually seventh. He was voted in 19, I'm not sure exactly, it might have been 98, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, uh, getting into some of his postseason numbers, and you don't really judge a player on their postseason credentials so much. Mostly it's on the regular season, but um, the reason why I kind of want to bring it up with Bernie Williams is because he was such a clutch player, and I think sometimes it should be at least, um, it should be, a, you should at least try to, uh, I mean, it, it, I think it's okay to bring up these numbers because I think it's a part of their the, the story of the player. You know, if the player, I mean, some players don't play well in the postseason. Some great players don't, like Alex Rodriguez, um, for instance, except for 2009. He just had that one really good year in the postseason. Of course, the Yankees went on to win the World Series. Um, but Bernie, um, you know, of course, he was lucky enough to go to the World Series, uh, I think, like six times in his career. Yeah, six times. Um, of course, they only lost twice, um, and both those times they could have won. Um, 2003, of course, against the Marlins, they lost in six games. Um, but, you know, they had chances. 2001 in Game 7, um, of course, they weren't able to, Mariano wasn't able to close it out. The Diamondbacks made an incredible comeback and won the World Series that year. Um, but anyways, getting back to Bernie, um, he helped the Yankees win four World Series titles, 96, 98, 99, and 2000. Um, he he played in 121 games his entire postseason career, which is a lot of postseason games. Of course, a lot of that was with 
the division series, there's the league championship series, and the world series. Guys like maybe like a guys like Mickey Mantle, they only like back then they didn't have the division series or the league championship series. It was just the world series, of course. Uh, so he played in a lot of games. Either way, like um, I mean, he's I mean obviously Mantle played in a lot of world series games. Um, so I mean he would have probably had just as many. As I, I don't think I'm, I would imagine he probably didn't play as many. Well, then again, he was in. Yeah, he won a. He, he I think he might have even won more World Series. He did win a more World Series for sure than Bernie Williams because Mantle was, you know, he was a part of those tremendous teams in the '50s that every single year the Yankees were in the World Series. Um, but anyways, getting back on track, he uh, Bernie Williams had 300 or 545 plate appearances, which is pretty much like how many plate appearances you would see a player have in a full regular season. Um, but that's how many he had for his career in the postseason. So it shows how much he was in the postseason. Um, he had 128 hits, uh, 22 home runs, which I believe it's not the most. It was the most at one time back in like the early 2000s, maybe yeah, around there, um, or mid-2000s rather. Um, but then I think Manny passed him. A-Rod might have passed him. But, but there's a few guys that are ahead of him now. And uh, for career postseason home runs, um, he also had 80 RBIs, which is I think among the the tops um, in postseason history for RBIs. Um, uh, he also had 29 doubles in the postseason. He had a 275 batting average, which doesn't sound that good, but considering how many games he played, 121 games, 595 plate appearances, it's a lot of times to get up at bat and to have a batting average that's respectable, 275. That's very good. Um, he also had a 371 on base percentage, and um, his win probability added, which win probability added is just a stat that shows, like, basically if you have a positive win probability added, it shows how much the player has helped that team win in the postseason. And Bernie Williams had some big moments in the postseason. Of course, one of the biggest ones for him well, actually, two. I can think of two of them. So he had some big hits in the 2003 American League Championship Series for the Yankees against the Red Sox. And also, the big one that I was thinking of was the American League Championship Series MVP in 1996. Um, he was still very young for the Yankees. Uh, it was his first League Championship Series. And he actually hit uh, four. He hit 467 in the American League Division Series against the Rangers. And then... Um, and then in the uh, the Orioles series in '96, and the American League Championship series, uh, he had 474. He had a walk-off home run in Game One of that American League Championship series, um, and that was off Randy Myers, who was a left-handed relief pitcher. He was a respectable relief pitcher for his time. I think at that time he was it was toward the end of his career. So, I mean, um, but at the same time though too, it was a big moment. And Bernie Williams stepped up to the occasion, and that actually that was the same game of the Tony Tarasco where uh, Jeffrey Mayer robbed robbed the home uh, well the would have been a catch by Tony Tarasco probably, but call it the ghost of Yankee Stadium I guess you know the the luck was just on the Yankee side, they got that call and uh, you know Derek Jeter was the one that hit the ball to the right field, and uh, Jeffrey Mayer. Uh, you know, he got a souvenir out of it, you know, because he was just a young fan. And, but of course, the, the he did go over the railing, but, I mean, it's just one of those plays that's it's always thought of as the Jeffrey Mayer game. However, it's noted, it should be noted that 
Bernie Williams had a huge home run in that series, of course, really, really getting the series off. Um, but the Orioles obviously still had chances. Uh, that game went into the bottom of the 11th. So as far as New York Yankees' all-time leaders in hits, Bernie Williams was fifth in the entire history of the New York Yankees. He had 2,336 hits. Of course, Derek Jeter is number one. He is the only New York Yankee ever to hit 3,000-plus hits in a season, or in a career, rather. Um, and uh, the, then there was uh, Lou Gehrig, who I believe, I, I don't know the exact total, but I know he, he was he's second to Jeter. Um, Jeter was, he had, for many, many years, Lou Gehrig was the, the hits leader for the Yankees um, um, along all, their entire history. Um, and for home runs, Bernie Williams was seventh in the entire Yankee organization uh, um, ever, uh, which is kind of surprising because, like I said, he was not really a home run hitter, but um, he's actually seventh on the Yankees list all time. Um, run score, or actually no, strikeouts, he was sixth on the list all time, which, um, you know, Bernie Williams struck out quite a bit, but he didn't he didn't strike out as much as, like, you see some players today strike out. Like, he, he would strike out, like, 90 times a year. I don't think he struck out 100 times a year. Um, he might have struck out maybe 100 times a year once, maybe, but I'm not even really sure. Um, but, so he was a little higher in that category than I thought he would be, but there's... Even guys like Babe Ruth, he struck out a lot. Derek Jeter actually struck out quite a bit. Um, you know, it's just, I mean, if you're, ever an, if you're an aggressive hitter, you're going to swing and miss more. And what, um, that obviously, sometimes that just means that you're taking risks, and it's just not always going to pan out. Um, anyways, so on the RBI list, he was 7th with 1,257. And on the all-time run scored list, Bernie Williams was 6th in Yankee history. And on the all-time doubles list, Bernie Williams was third. It was Derek Jeter, Lou Gehrig, and then Bernie Williams. So it's pretty incredible that he, he was. I, I mean, sometimes you don't always, you just don't always think of. To me, anyway, Bernie was always my favorite player. Like after Don Mattingly, Bernie was my favorite player. And sometimes it seemed like Bernie was kind of underrated. But that's just kind of. I think it was kind of his personality. He was he was a little bit quieter than some of the other guys. He wasn't. He wasn't. Didn't really have that superstar type. Um, presence I guess uh, but you know he was still a phenomenal player and put up some great great numbers and also uh, Bernie Williams is one of just six New York Yankees to play 2,000 plus games in New York he is also fourth in at-bats in Yankees history um, the other three are Jeter, Mantle, and Gehrig one two three so now getting into a little bit more of the comparisons um, I'm going to start comparing him to a guy like Ted Simmons who's in the Hall of Fame Kirby Puckett in the Hall of Fame. Kirby Puckett was voted by the Baseball Writers Association. Ted Simmons was voted by the Veterans Committee, or I think it was, it was, it was another committee, but there's two different committees for Baseball Hall of Fame voting. And the main one is considered to be the Baseball Writers Association of America because for years and years, when, when the Hall of Fame started, I think back in like 1933 or... Uh, mid 30s somewhere I guess yeah I think it was like 36 or something like that um, when it started the voting started with the baseball writers so and the baseball writers are considered to be like the guys that kind of know they, they you know they follow they travel with the players they follow the teams they you know so they're they're considered like the experts um, but 
then as time went on, I don't know when it started, but probably around the 70s or maybe 60s, maybe, um, there was a committee called the Veterans Committee, um, which lasted for quite a few years. Then I think they changed the name. I think now it's like the Modern Era Committee or something like that. I'm not 100% sure. Um, or the Today's Era Committee or something like that. But it, it, So it's changed throughout the years. But they had the Veterans Committee, which is a little bit different because it's not baseball writers. It's just former managers and coaches and players. So in some ways, I think I kind of feel like that's a little bit better. I feel like they should have some managers and coaches, former managers and coaches. The only thing with that, though, is it creates a bias. And I feel like that's probably, well, obviously, I would imagine that is the reason why they have the baseball writers do it because they don't want to have, um, they don't want anybody to be biased toward any player. But at the same time, too, like if if a peer of a player knows that that player was a, truly a great player, they should just say it, you know? It, it shouldn't matter if they were a rival or not. Like if a great player is a great player, they belong in the Hall of Fame, that's it. Um, these, that's just my feeling on that. But So there's two different committees. The Baseball Writers of, of Association, that one's considered like the the committee that kind of, if you get in on that ballot, then you've really done something. So Kirby Puckett obviously did that. And, of course, Kirby Puckett, most people know of him, of course, playing with the Minnesota Twins, was a great player for many, many years. Of course, he had to cut his career a little bit short. I think he was like 35 or 36, I think 36, uh, because he had retinal damage in his eye. It was irreversible, so he couldn't obviously couldn't keep playing because, you know, couldn't see. His vision was going to get a lot worse, and he was already having trouble. But, you know, he had a tremendous career. But... You know, so the first guy I'm going to compare Bernie Williams to, Ted Simmons. He was a catcher for the St. Louis Cardinals um, for many years, I believe. And I think he even played for Milwaukee as well. And one other team I noticed when I was looking up this. Uh, but anyways, he played 21 seasons in the major leagues, was a catcher as well. Um, of course, Kirby Puckett being a center fielder and Bernie as well being a center fielder. But... Ted Simmons, um, he had 2,472 hits compared to Bernie Williams' 2,336 hits. Of course, Bernie played 16 seasons. Ted Simmons played 21 seasons. Bernie had 287 home runs. Ted Simmons had 248 home runs. Um, so I would imagine Ted Simmons was probably not a power hitter, but he also didn't play for the Yankees and didn't have that right field porch um, as well, which must, which obviously helped... Bernie Williams um, hit a few more home runs. Um, of, of course, you know, Bernie was incredibly talented, but he wasn't really known as a power hitter. Um, and uh, Ted Simmons had a 285 batting average. Uh, Bernie Williams had a 297 batting average. So, uh, of course, if Bernie had played, like, a few more seasons, so he, if he had played, like, maybe five more seasons, um, you know, and made it a little bit more closer to the 20-season mark, I don't think his batting average would have been quite as high. Although you never know, though. Bernie was he was pretty consistent, and, and he was still playing all right. I mean, he definitely aged toward the end of his career because he wasn't playing as much. He was starting to get hurt, and they had to kind of they had to kind of limit his playing time by the end of his career, um, at least the last two years in his career, anyway, I believe. 2005 and 2006, he kind of lost a lot of playing time, but... They had to because he was getting hurt, and they didn't want him to get hurt because his bat was he was he was he was a good bat in the Yankee lineup, especially in big games. Um, so, you know, so two two ninety seven for Bernie, two eighty five for Ted Simmons. 
Um, of course, again, Ted Simmons played more more seasons. He had, uh, Ted Simmons had 1,074 runs scored, and Bernie Williams had 1,366 runs scored in just 16 seasons. He had 1,257 RBIs for Bernie, and then for uh, Ted Simmons, he had 1,389 RBIs. Um, and so, I mean, that's right there. That kind of shows you... Um, you know, you don't really need the seasons. I guess, I guess it just depends on what you do in the, the limited time you, you, you play. Um, of course, Ted Simmons also played one of the toughest positions in all of baseball, catcher. That's, uh, you know, it's one of the most demanding positions. It is the most demanding position in all of baseball. <laughs> There's no question about it. I mean, center field is not an easy position either. Um, but catcher, you're in on every single play on defense, um, I mean, every single pitch, really. Um, and then you got to go in there and you got to, go, you got to hit. And Ted Simmons was obviously a very good hitter in his day. He had a batting, uh, obviously, sorry, no, he had an on-base percentage of 348. Um, of course, Bernie Williams was 387. Um, Bernie was very good at getting on base. Um, his OPS plus was quite a bit lower, though, Ted Simmons. And that's kind of what, to me, yeah, well, not that much lower. I guess it was 118 for Ted Simmons, and Bernie Williams was 125. And that right there, I feel like, kind of is a big feather in the cap of Bernie Williams because, obviously, OPS Plus, um, it's it just kind of shows the overall offensive player, the offensive value that a player puts in. And uh, Bernie was 125 more than uh, Ted Simmons. And Kirby Puckett had an OPS plus of 125, the same as Bernie Williams. Of course, Kirby Puckett only played 12 seasons. Bernie played 16 seasons. Um, and however, Kirby Puckett also had his. It's it's he, he was pretty incredible what he did because he had 2,304 hits, which is only like like 34 hits less than Bernie Williams had in 16 seasons. Yet Kirby only played 12 seasons. Kirby had 207 home runs, which kind of surprised me. I thought he would have had more than that, um, even in 12 seasons. But he wasn't really a power-type guy. Um, uh, he, he hit for average. His batting average was 318 in 12 seasons. Um, again, higher than Bernie. And you can see Kirby Puckett was clearly better than both Ted Simmons and Bernie Williams. Um, and that's coming from a huge Yankees fan and, and you know, Bernie Williams fan as well. Uh, one thing about uh, Bernie is he did have... A, a better on-base percentage than Kirby Puckett. Bernie had a 381 on-base percentage, I believe. Uh, yeah, 381. And Kirby Puckett had a 360 on-base percentage. And, and uh, But the on-base plus slugging adjusted was basically the same between Kirby and Bernie. I believe Kirby Puckett actually had a 124 on-base plus slugging adjusted. But, of course, you have to factor in, um, had you know Kirby Puckett played more, um, would have been... I, I do think that Kirby Puckett was 36 when he last played. So I do think that Kirby Puckett might have... I don't know if he would have had 3,000 hits, but he would have had very close. Um, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting comparison, I think, between those two. Uh, so Kirby Puckett was a six-time All-Star... Oh, no, a ten-time All-Star, six-time Gold Glove winner, and a six-time Silver Slugger winner, um, of course, to Bernie, who was only a five-time All-Star. Um, and... Uh, of course, Kirby Puckett won two World Series with the Twins, and uh, had a big uh, game in Game Seven of, or Game Six and Game Seven probably. I think it was Game Six 
to get the Twins to Game 7 in the 1991 World Series. Um, and then another guy who's not in the Hall of Fame, Kenny Lofton. Um, he played 17 seasons to Bernie's 16 seasons. Um, and his wins above replacement was actually higher than Kirby Puckett, who is a, a first ballot Hall of Famer voted by the baseball writers. Um, Kenny Lofton had a 68.4 wins above replacement. Kirby Puckett had a 51.2 wins above replacement. And Kenny Lofton's, I think he's off the ballot now for the for the Baseball Writers Hall of Fame, which basically if you're off the ballot, you've been you've had to have been on the ballot for 10 years. And if you weren't voted into the Hall of Fame for 10 years, then you go off the ballot. Eventually, the Veterans Committee will get a chance to vote on you to go into the Hall of Fame. But uh, Kenny Lofton, he was not voted into the Hall of Fame. Yet he has a 68.4 wins above replacement, and Kirby Puckett had a 51.2 wins above replacement. Of course, Kirby did um, have a shortened career, but what he did in that time was tremendous. Kenny Lofton, though, had a great career. I th I know some people seem to think that Kirby, I mean, uh, Kenny Lofton, rather, um, probably played too long, but I don't think you can really punish the guy because he wanted to play longer in his career. Um... He still had a very, very good career. Some of his stats aren't as good as, like, on-base plus slug, slugging adjusted for Kenny Lofton was 107. So that's well below Bernie, Kirby Puckett, and uh, Ted Simmons as well. Ted Simmons was 118, um, and Kenny Lofton had an OPS plus of 107. Um, Kenny Lofton also had, I believe he had, yeah, he had more at-bats than any of any of the those players. He had 8,120 at-bats. Or at least, at least it was very close. It might have been close between him and Ted Simmons. Uh, but he was fourth in MVP once, Kenny Lofton. Four-time Gold Glover. He had 622 stolen bases, which is 15th on the Major League Baseball uh, list in Major League Baseball history. Kenny Lofton was a he was kind of a different type of hitter. He only had a, he only had 150 home runs in 17 seasons. He was a leadoff hitter basically. He was he was so he wasn't really. He wasn't a power guy at all, so it's it's kind of, it's different when you're judging a guy like Kenny Lofton and Kirby Puckett. Kirby Puckett was a very consistent hitter, and Kenny Lofton was just he his job was to get on base for Manny Ramirez, who was on the Indians because Kenny Lofton played for the Indians. Um, so he was, his job was to get on base for that Indians lineup. They had a tremendous lineup. Kenny Lofton played for the Indians back around like the '90s. 1995, 96, those years, and the Indians had some tremendous teams back then. They had, and they had a great lineup. Jim Tomey, you know, Sandy Alomar Jr., um, Roberto Alomar was there for a while. So Kenny Lofton is definitely has he, him and Bernie Williams both have. I, I think they both have a good chance to maybe get in the Hall of Fame by the Veterans Committee ballot, um, especially considering when you judge their numbers up against. Uh, Kirby Puckett and Ted Simmons and another guy who's in the Hall of Fame but he was voted by the Veterans Committee back in like the 1970 or something like that um, Earl Coombs who of course was a former Yankee Earl Coombs played only 12 seasons and he had a 45 wins above replacement and he's in the Hall of Fame Bernie Williams had a 49.6 wins above replacement um, Kirby Puckett his wins above replacement was 51.2 Kenny Lofton, as I said, was 68.4, and Ted Simmons was 50.3. Of course, wins above replacement is not a perfect stat, but it just goes to show you that 
um, not every player is like created equally. Like, like Earl Coombs is another guy, kind of like Kenny Lofton, more so than even Bernie Williams was, because Bernie was not really a lead, he wasn't a leadoff hitter. He was really a three, four, five hitter. Bernie was pretty much a middle of the order type of a hitter. Um, but Earl Coombs and Kenny Lofton were very similar types of hitters. They're both prototypical leadoff hitters, just needed to get on base for the guys behind them. Of course, Earl Coombs played back in the 1920s, if you're not familiar with him. He was a center fielder for the Yankees in the 20s, leadoff hitter, batted in front of Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. So his job was not to drive in runs at all. He had a 397 on base percentage in 12 seasons. He had 633 RBIs, which is, it, I only laugh because it's, it's, like his that wasn't his job. His his job was not to drive in runs. Runs batted in is if you're not familiar, it's basically driving in runs. And he drove in 633, which considering he was, um, you know, he was what he was. He was a leadoff hitter and he was a really good leadoff hitter. I believe he was probably at for his time he was probably the best leadoff hitter in the game, or at least one of them, um, like one of the, like the top three maybe, um, but. He had 1,886 runs scored, so that's quite a big uh, uh, drop off. That's more than a thousand, um, like between runs scored and RBIs. So that right there just shows you that Earl Coombs didn't really, he didn't really care so much about driving in runs because he probably didn't have as many chances as well because obviously batting behind him was Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth, so they really got all the RBIs. And uh, on-base plus slugging adjusted for Earl Coombs was still 125, which is the, the lowest one of all four of those guys was Kenny Lofton. Um, and 125 is the same on-base slugging adjusted as Bernie Williams. And even one, it's it's like one point higher than Kirby Puckett. Um, so it's, it's, it's just interesting to me that Bernie, his, his numbers stack up right there with Kirby Puckett, Earl Coombs, and even Ted Simmons, I would say, even though Ted Simmons, it's kind of hard to compare Ted Simmons against Bernie Williams and even Kirby Puckett too, uh, because Ted Simmons played catcher and he did 21 years as a catcher. That's incredibly difficult. Um, so I mean, I could see why Ted Simmons might have had a lower batting average and and maybe not as many home runs. So it, because like being a catcher, it's 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 uh, you know. That they're in on every single play so it's what the, like I said it's the toughest position in all of baseball so basically my opinion is that I, I believe that Bernie Williams should be in the Hall of Fame um, just basically based on you know Ted, Ted Simmons and numbers um, and Bernie Williams numbers but mostly because of like if you look at I was really surprised to see Kirby Puckett's numbers and how closely a lot close the Bernie Williams numbers some they do resemble Kirby Puckett's numbers. Obviously, Kirby Puckett didn't play as many seasons, um, and I, I I think that's you know there's something to be said for that. But I, and I think part of that is because like that's why Kirby Puckett was a first ballot Hall of Famer. So he was a Hall of Famer. I mean, it, it didn't take him very long to get into the Hall of Fame, and I I think that's right. That that's that's correct. Like. Because Kirby Puckett was truly a great player. Everybody knew he was a great player for the Minnesota Twins for many years. And it's a shame that he had his career cut short. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, Kenny Lofton, I believe he probably should be in the Hall of Fame. Because I feel like they kind of look at his numbers a little bit, um, like kind of like 
in the wrong way because Kenny Lofton was not a Ken Griffey Jr. or a Willie Mays. Bernie Williams, he really wasn't those guys either. He wasn't a power guy. He was more of a gap-to-gap -gap type guy, doubles. Um, but either way, like even if you get voted in the Hall of Fame on the Veterans Committee ballot or the Players Today ballot or whatever, and it's not the base baseball writer's ballot, it's you're still technically like Ted Simmons. He's in the Hall of Fame on one of those ballots. So not being voted in by the baseball writers is kind of like um, it's you're in the Hall of Fame, but people don't always think of you as like being a true Hall of Famer if you think about it. Even though, in my opinion, I feel like the Hall of Fame is more... It's just for, it's a baseball museum, you know, and I feel like you need to put, it's better to have more players in the Hall of Fame. You shouldn't just have a select few and make it like a select club. It should be like, to me anyways, this is just my feeling, that it should just be like, just have, you know, ha have, put the guys in that deserve it, especially um, considering that guys, like if the guys have similar numbers, then yeah, Bernie Williams belongs in the Hall of Fame and so does Kenny Lofton, in my opinion. Um, so, but I don't know, it's just an interesting discussion and I feel like it's, uh, some, something that I, I just thought I'd talk about. Um, and I don't know, one other thing I just wanted to mention about Bernie Williams is he is actually an incredible guitarist. Um, Bernie Williams, he actually has two albums that are out. One was Journey Within, um, that was his first album back in 2003 and Moving Forward was his second album back in 2009. When he finished his career in 2006, he started, I believe that's when he, I don't know if that's when he started going back to school, but he was going uh, for his bachelor's in music at the Manhattan School of Music for quite a while. He finally graduated in 2016, um, and he still does that today. He, he performs uh, with some pretty big acts. I believe he's performed with Bruce Springsteen, um, and I think he actually, I'm not 100% sure, but I think he actually signed with the same um, I don't know if he's still signed with them, but at one time he signed with the same recording company as Paul McCartney, or, uh, uh, no, I think it was Publishing Company or something like that. Uh, but anyways, I just thought that was interesting. Um, you know, Bernie Williams, he's one of my favorite players of all time. And actually, you know, his music is really, really good. I feel like you, you can actually check out his music on Spotify and even Apple Music. Um, he even has some physical copies which I'm sure you can find uh, Bernie Williams Journey Within or Bernie Williams Moving Forward you can buy them on Amazon uh, I'm sure if you search them you can find it uh, um, uh, so anyways that's this uh, that's the that's this week's episode Bernie Williams in my opinion definitely belongs in the Hall of Fame at least I mean not on the Baseball Writers ballot but you know like I said it's the Baseball Hall of Fame is a, it's a museum about the game. It's not necessarily a, it's like a specific club that only the greats, only the certain guys go in. And like I can see why they did that at first, but at the end of the day, it's really it's about the game, and you want to bring that history to kids that are just learning to like baseball, and like you want them to know about like not just a certain amount of players, but like. A bunch of different, because uh, there are the baseball has been going on since I think the mid 1800s. Yeah, the mid 1800s. So it's been going on for a really long time. You're gonna have a ton of players. You should have a, a lot of players in the Hall of Fame, um, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. At least that's just my own opinion. I always want to encourage everybody to share your opinions. You can feel free to comment on Facebook 
at the Historic Pinstripe Show. Um, feel free to like a, a, like the page as well if you can. Um, we're on Twitter at HistoricNYY, Instagram at Historic Pinstripes, and you can also just email us at HistoricPinstripes at gmail.com. Feel free to share your what your opinions are on the topic of Bernie Williams being a Hall of Famer, yes or no. It's okay if you disagree. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, uh, but uh, I'd be interested to hear your opinions if, if, if you care to share. If not, um, I appreciate you listening. Feel free to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends if you would like. Um, before I let you go, I just want to mention that the Historic Pinstripes is a proud member of the 4041 Media family with other podcasts such as um, Movie Theater Time Machine, Real Talk with Sensei Nick, uh, and a bunch of other podcasts and streamers. You can feel free to go to www.4041media.com for more information. Again, thank you all for listening, everybody. And as always, Go Yankees!